Welcome to the Hannibal Files of Strange Harbors podcast. This is a weekly discussion of Brian Fuller's serial killer drama Hannibal, which is now streaming on Netflix. Tonight, we're moving on to the third and final season of the show with episodes one and two, titled Antipasto and Primavera, respectively. Tonight, I'm joined by... And Derek Wong. All right, so... uh Bonsoir, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's well said. Bonsoir, indeed. No matter what I think of this first stretch of episodes of the third season, which I do have a few issues with, I think this uh, this opening little ditty with Hannibal is pretty fantastic. Dude, um, it's so funny. It's so funny. It's like that signature dark Hannibal humor. Um him stalking Dr. Roman Fell in Paris. It's just great. I love it. It's it's part of the signature Hannibal humor that just makes me laugh every time. Um, and acts almost like a Bedelia backstory thing too, right? We, we learn so much more about her and her character. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really great. Yeah, we do. But it's just like, I don't know, she's a mystery wrapped inside of Enigma. You still don't know what the hell is really going on with her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... I always think, like, when you film stuff that takes place in Paris, like, you have to film that on location. I don't think there's anything in the world, like, soundstage or otherwise, that can capture that feeling. And I think this is just evident that just shooting on location makes it so much better, right? Like, you can tell that they shot this on location, and and it just works, I think. So, interestingly enough, they initially shot the... um Later scenes, the Vera Dahl 1926, those scenes uh, were shot in Florence, and then they reshot them. In Italy. Them I know. I heard, I heard so about this. they reshot them in Toronto, actually, afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, but so, that's like a store, though. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. So that's like, the, that's like the fancy store that Bedelia goes, right, to get, like, the groceries and everything. Um, yeah. Yeah, so actually, Brian Fuller didn't like the way the Italian second unit shot that. So Ooh. they had to redo it in Toronto, which I, I find pretty interesting. Um, I think that's a little more manageable because, like, you're inside a store. You can just recreate the look, right? Um, but right, when you're, yeah, like, on yeah, the yeah. streets and, like, all the architecture and stuff, it's it's a lot harder yeah, to, it looks like Paris. to capture. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, I do want to say that I think the first couple of episodes of the season i mean we'll get to it but they're they're a little bloated i think this first episode is quite perfect actually but like once you get to like two three and four there's a little bloat there a little self-indulgent maybe yeah yeah that that doesn't quite work as economically as some of the better stuff in the first and second seasons um but there's there's still great stuff within these episodes obviously but but uh i like how they take their time, right? They don't reveal who lives or dies from the season finale last season, right? Because that was a bloodbath. How frustrating would that have been for the person coming into the season premiere? And then you had to wait another episode to find out if Will... You You don't even find out the next episode about everyone, right? Not everyone, that's what I'm saying. But like the next episode is when you find out about Will and, I guess, Abigail. And Mm -hmm. then it's not until episode i think at least episode three is when we find out about alana and jack right right i can't even imagine like how it must have felt because you know we we have the luxury everyone has luxury now of just binging it right it's on netflix on amazon prime you can binge it you don't have to wait a week but if you think about when this actually premiered you know you waited months for this premiere to happen and then you had to wait another week to find out if some of your other favorite characters are alive or not Mm mm-hmm so, yeah, I, I can't even imagine how it felt back then. <laughs> well, I what? mean, I, I experienced that. So, <laughs> Please tell us. Tell us if you're... But, like, to... these two episodes are pretty good. I think I got a little frustrated by episode two when it was still a little withholding. But, like, um, this first episode with, that focuses just on Hannibal and Bedelia and their adventures in Europe is, uh, mm-hmm. is quite fantastic. The episode structure of these first two episodes are really unique right compared to what we've seen in the first two seasons of hannibal Mm -hmm. like you said the first episode really focusing only on hannibal and bedelia only two characters and their story and staying with only them and the second episode really 
I mean, you get a little bit of Hannibal at the end, but it really is Will and Abigail, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely a different structure, right? No, no murder of the week kind of thing. And it's less of an ensemble. It's really just kind of character focused, these first two episodes. I mean, we could not yeah. have gone any farther from Price and Zeller. <laughs> I know, exactly. You promised the Price and Zeller show. <laughs> I know. I wanted that. Now I think I'm done. Because, no. <laughs> yeah, but Dilly and Hannibal gallivanting around Europe is so different. And also just like picking up eight months afterwards or however long. Mm-hmm. So it's so, it's so, well, like that's not explicitly said in this one and the next one, but picking up like, Season one and two fit together seamlessly, right? Like, aside from that flash forward, you go, you know, basically just from, uh, you go from the flash forward to the fight, and then you jump backwards 12 weeks, and then it's just like, oh, yeah, this all just happened, right? Will is now a murderer or whatever, right? Like, yeah, the, the yeah, transition yeah. from one to two is like, it almost picks up immediately where it ends. But this is clearly like, okay, well, this is a complete dislocation. Well, we're, we're taking you a different, different place, different time, different cast of characters, um, the only mm-hmm. character you really know is Hannibal. Really, you don't really even know Bedelia very well, as you were saying, mm-hmm. Derek. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 very dislocating, and I can see how frustrating it would have been. Even though it's a fantastic episode, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous episode. Mm-hmm. But you don't actually know in the first episode how long it's been, right? It's not revealed until the second episode that it's been eight months later. Yeah, so it, it could it could have been, you know. And probably some of the things we saw, like him lurking after Fell, might have happened earlier, and then there was a jump. Like, we don't know. But yeah, it, it puts it more into context once you watch episode two. Yeah, but clearly some time has passed. because yes, of course, yeah. Yeah, Bedelia and Hannibal have all settled in. They've got like... They got their own home. He has a job, you know, so it's like there has to been have some time, but... Mm, very happy domestic life. <laughs> they're married legally? I don't know. Are they? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I I'm pretty sure it's not legally. <laughs> I sincerely doubt it. So you guys want to talk about Anthony Dimond? Yeah, Anthony Dimond. Dude, I like Anthony Dimond a lot. You you like him? Why do you like Dude, he's him? He's so much fun. He's so much fun. He doesn't give a fuck, man. He's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He's a lot of fun. He's down for anything. He was ready to jump at the threesome when he thought that uh, <laughs> Hannibal and Bedelia were swingers. Really very funny. Uh-huh. Um, I, I thought he was so much fun. I find this whole group of like intellectuals so pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sogliati uh, and... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The funny thing is like when I first saw this episode, I thought that was going to be his target for the week, right? Sogliato or Sogliati? Sogliato. Sogliato. I said it wrong. Because, you know, right at the top of the episode, he's pretty rude to Hannibal, right? Basically, like, criticizing him for not being actually Italian and being a professor here. He's, like, trying to test his knowledge of, like, yeah. the, the the poetry and the literature and all that. Um, yeah, he's very condescending. Um, yeah, so, like, I, I mean, when you initially watched this beginning part, like, I really felt like, okay, so th- this is going to be Hannibal's target, right? This is going to mm-hmm. be the person that he's going to kill and, like... Like, even my fiance, who's kind of, like, watching beside me, she's like, that guy's dead, right? (laughs) (laughs) But to find out later that he doesn't, right? Like, that's not really the focus, and it's more like Anthony Dimon and Bedelia are the kind of focus of this episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's really interesting. I think it's, it's partially the writers playing with us, right? Like, we expect... Hannibal to go after the rude. Exactly. It's it's a little bit refreshing, a little bit surprising to, to see that he does live by the Sagliato still lives by the end of this episode. Unless mm-hmm. I missed something, right? He just still lives, right? He's alive, right? <laughs> yeah, I think it's far yeah, as yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we, we get a lot of um this really cool um storytelling mechanic, right? Where is this is this the first time we've kind of used the flashback? I can't remember. Oh no, because we had the uh, Miriam stuff, right? That's considered flashback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we use the black, the black and white flashback thing. Right. So yeah, so that this kind of a continuation because we get to see a little bit of bringing back Abel Gideon um, in this episode, but then also flashing back to some of Bedelia's past, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's With a, a nice lot. little cameo by uh, Zachary Quinto. Yes, but uh, yeah, so we get a like you said, the, this first episode is. It's pretty full, right? There's a lot of stuff going on, right? Because you can definitely get lost in what is happening when. There's a lot of stuff going on, but like not that much happens in this first episode, I feel. I I agree with that sentiment. (laughs) I mean, basically, it's just Hannibal 
killing Roman Fell. He's taking over his uh, position. What's his What's his title? He's like the curator of the uh, the library, right? Um, yes. Mm-hmm. The the Capone Library in Florence, right? He's killed him and and his wife, presumably off screen, mm-hmm. and he's taken his identity, right? And that's where he gets all entangled with Anthony Dimond and and that whole situation, right? So that's just like so disrespectful, right? He like kills the guy in his house or presumably in his house and then uses his kitchen to like cook him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. And then his wife comes home to find, you know, Hannibal just sitting there enjoying the guy's liver. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was a great way to open this episode. Really, really uh, funny, but also just like I said, a little bit shocking, a little bit disrespectful. He runs into Hannibal a bunch of different times before mm-hmm. uh, actually making it to his house. Right. It's very, yeah. very funny. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and each time he says a bonsoir, right? Is... <laughs> Doctor feels bonsoir like that. Like, yeah, like, exactly. Like, last oh, one what? kills me. <laughs> kills me. I die every time. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, not like Doctor Fell did, but yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's very, it's very, very funny. I, I don't think the Gideon stuff is actually as funny as that. Maybe that's just a high bar to clear. Yeah, no, I don't think. But I mean, it's dry humor. I yeah, guess. it's a lot drier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That plays more into, like, Hannibal's uh, characterization as, like, the personification of Satan, right? That's what they, <laughs> yeah. they're going yeah, for yeah. here. Um, like, uh, it's supposed to give us insight into, like, kind of what's happening with Bedelia, right? Like, it, Oh, yeah, it, for sure. What, what is presumably Bedelia realizing that she's not as in control as she, she says at the beginning of the episode, right? She, she even, she says the line, like something to the effect, like, Oh, you know, I still feel like I'm in control at the moment. But I think by mm-hmm. the end of the episode, we as an audience realize, and she also realizes that, you know, you, you can't be in control when you're with Hannibal and, mm-hmm. and it, that's scary <laughs> for her and for us, I think. Yeah. 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 For, for sure. It's a definite parallel to like Bedelia's story and like, um, I think the focus is on, like, how Hannibal constructs this, like, psychological prison. It's not a physical coercion of Bedelia, right? She's not uh, held against her will in your typical sense, right? It's it's his manipulation and it's his psychological mind games, you know, that makes her chained to him, you know? and And I think that goes to a lot to, like, how Brian Fuller wanted to portray this relationship as more of like a psychological one than like a physical torment, you know? And sure. Although to be fair, he's not he's not above uh he's not above a bit of subtle subtle threatening. The whole bit Oh yeah, about, for sure. The whole bit about traitors and his uh speech uh the scene where he's like doing the presentation, right? Yeah, he's talking about traitors in, uh, you know, the seventh level of hell or whatever. Like, that's mm-hmm. purely for Bedelia, right? Well, I guess, I, I, I suppose, well, not Dimon so much. I think it's really just for Bedelia, right? Oh, it's, it's really definitely for like, Bedelia. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that, that bit is quite uh, quite pointed. Yeah. And then also, the other thing for Bedelia, too, is um, the meal that uh, she shares in common oh, yes. with Abel Gideon, right? Mm-hmm. That, uh, what the oysters, the sweet wine, yeah, it was uh, the oysters, the marsala, and the acorns, almonds. yeah, acorns, sorry, yeah, acorns. And so that's what he's feeding the uh, feeding Gideon to make him taste it. It's also what he's feeding Bedelia, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that concept, right? That gets brought up with Abel Gideon, right? Where he he realizes that it's like this cycle, right? Where he you know he feeds the snails like a part of him. To make them more delicious, then he feeds the snails to Gideon to make Gideon more delicious. You know what I mean? It's like this cycle right, of yeah. feeding oneself to it's itself. Like the, in a sense. It's like yeah. the, the Wagyu beef or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's like indulgence, and then it just makes everything taste better and like. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I was alluding to when I said like a Bedelia feels out of control. There's a point where Bedelia realizes she's out of control, right? Uh, where like it was Dimon who says like oh those are the things that ancient Romans used to do to to like uh, make their their uh, their their pigs or whatever taste better and she realizes like oh I'm not in control like that he's basically plumping me up 
she tells Hannibal, like, I still believe I'm in conscious control of yeah. my actions. Yeah. Given your history, that's a good day, you know? What a cruel twist. She thought she was uh, avoiding um, avoiding Hannibal's little uh, uh, human meals. And uh, mm-hmm. he says, all right, you don't want to eat what I'm serving? All right, you eat something else. <laughs> and uh, he's just fattening her up for uh, the slaughter. So, it's, yeah, it's... Uh, very good. And that whole bit with um, Dibbon sets up the whole very funny threesome line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she goes, uh, my husband's very particular about how I taste. Which, like, I don't know how you can read any way other than sexual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're Dimmond. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Unless you know that Hannibal is a cannibal, in which case <laughs> it's got the meaning that Bedelia puts on it, right? Mm-hmm. Very funny for us. I mean, I think yeah. that whole conversation is awesome. And he's just like, oh, it's that kind of party? <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> no, it's Han- not that and, kind of party. And Hannibal kind of gives him a thought almost. He's like, hmm, I don't know. <laughs> and the look on his face is just fantastic. I mean, I wouldn't put it past them to have, like, all of a sudden have a threesome sex scene and then showing way too much nudity for NBC. I mean, it's a, ver- it's a very erotic episode. I mean, it's very. I mean, let's talk about the point where she, like, falls into the tub. And you basically see this naked woman on primetime TV. And I, yeah, but I, you don't see anything. You it's, don't see anything. But like, that's for me, that was like, okay, this is probably as close as they can get to that line. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know how you can go one step further than this when it comes to nudity. See, I, th- I, I, I thought the unzipping her dress was actually probably closer to the line for me. Mm, okay. Oh, well, I don't know. Maybe that's a personal thing. <laughs> that's that's a little too but, much into your psyche. Um, I know, right? <laughs> I think standards and practices are such prudes. Like, <laughs> they'll let you get away with, like, totem pole bodies and, like, hollowed out beehive heads and shit like that. But, like, God forbid you show a titty on the show, right? So, like... <laughs> right. Yeah, I think you've got to be only the barest amount of subtle to slip things by them because they are such squares, right? So, yeah. like... I think I think that's how they got a lot of stuff under the radar. Yeah, um, and I think I think there was a fisting joke earlier in the episode too, which I think probably slid by a lot of people. Wait, which so, one was? The leave it, the, leave it to Amir to to, <laughs> to know about references to to fisting. Right. Thanks. Wow. Is that my I'm the fisting guy on the podcast? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I think I, I think it was the. Uh, uh, Hannibal and Dimit are sort of flirting in the beginning. He's talking about a double fisting kind of evening. No, is that not? Oh, I didn't catch that. I I, I don't know if I want to go back and watch it just to try to catch that, but <laughs> I did not, not catch worth that. it. But anyway, yeah, it, it, it's quite the episode. So I want to talk about Bedelia a little bit. So we talked about this last episode where it, there was a little bit of a end credit scene, right? We see Bedelia mm-hmm. in the plane with Hannibal. And I question... Is Bedelia there because she wants to be there or is Bedelia there because, of course, Hannibal coerced her somehow to come along? And I don't know. Maybe you guys have a better sense. But this episode still has me very confused if she wanted to go or she feels like she had to go because she had ample opportunity. I mean, she gets home and... Hannibal's showering, she could have left, right? She had time to leave, but she instead stays and waits for Hannibal to finish showering. And then, you know, this is kind of filling in the gap, right? What happens between when we see her last with Jack and then her on the plane with Hannibal? I don't, I don't know. What what was your guys' sense on this whole thing? I think there's like a very, very thin line that Bedelia is trying to walk and she falls to either side pretty frequently, right? So, like, it's hard to say, I think. Um, it's it's the psychological manipulation that gets in her head and, like, does she want to run away or does she want to stay with him? It's the same with Will Graham, right? Because, like, are you letting Jack and the FBI catch Hannibal or are you warning him to let him go? Or are you uh, giving in to that darkness inside of yourself right it's the same thing so i don't know i think that's part of the satan (laughs) analogy with with uh with hannibal right um i I don't know a little more ambiguous in delia's case yes it definitely is 
Although you do see her drowning, you know, in the tub, and that's her, like, you know, losing control or whatever and all of this. But, um, you know, she's not working for the FBI. She doesn't have a secret plan with Jack. Right, like maybe right. She, maybe she is trying to undermine Hannibal behind the scenes or whatever. Well, that's exactly how I read the whole train sequence or the, the train station thing, right? Where she sits in front of the camera. Yeah, and looks directly the camera. at the camera. Yeah, yeah looks absolutely. Directly at the camera. Yeah. yeah, for right? sure. But So it's like... She, like Jeff said, I get readings of, I don't want to be here, but then there's also readings of, maybe she feels trapped in the situation. She feels like as though maybe Hannibal, even if she tried to run, Hannibal would find her or eventually. For sure. And she does, she does, you know, and he makes that threat with the Dante thing, but she does also in the beginning, like coerced or manipulated or not, she does choose to go, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, if that's uh, if that's Jack Crawford sitting there with a gun in his hand, he's not going to run away to, with Hannibal to Europe, pretend to be his wife, right? <laughs> right. Uh, so you know, there's a, there's a little bit of a different attraction there, a different uh, a different type of relationship. The the bloom is off the rose for Jack, but um, not not so for Bedelia. She's still not fed up yet, and uh, mm-hmm. I think that seduction is still able to work on her. Yeah. Um, or I don't think it would work on every character. To that level yeah but uh i guess we finally get to find out what happens with her patient or kind of not really right we get thrust into the middle of kind of what happens to her patient like we all we see is kind of the end result right where her her hand is basically shoved down his throat i don't even know how you do that how, how she right? ends up in that <laughs> situation um yeah her patient's name is uh what neil neil frank Mm-hmm. I think um, yeah, played by Spock himself, Zachary Quinto. I think he was originally cast as Anthony Dimmitt, right? And then uh, I think Brian Fuller was like, oh, you'd be better off in this character. And Zachary Quinto really wanted to work with uh, Gillian Anderson. So um, that's how he got the role of Neil Frank. Um, but yeah, that's... I I have no idea how Bedelia. Speaking of fisting, how her whole fist ended up in <laughs> his mouth. I was waiting for that <laughs> with, difficulty, with, with difficulty. One assumes. Yeah. It, what's also interesting is that Hannibal is just he's there, like at the moment, mm-hmm. like ready to pounce on this moment, right? This this situation that Bedelia is in, and then you know inserting himself as a as a person of almost like a savior, right? Someone mm-hmm. who is going to help her out of the situation. And we see that very much paralleled in our main storyline, right? Where uh, she's about to run, but then Dimond and Hannibal come back after his lecture and Hannibal proceeds to kill him. He has that great line to her, right? He asks her, are you going to be observing or participating? Mm-hmm. But essentially, it's the same thing in, in Hannibal's mind, right? The fact that she's just there already like she's already participating in a sense and she's basically back in that same situation right like the only person that's going to be able to help her now is Hannibal so yeah there's this really like you said very destructive kind of psychological thing that um, Hannibal successfully does to Bedelia every time and it's it's quite terrifying quite terrifying so yeah just to jump back to observing or participating there is the implication in this scene that Bedelia is somehow responsible and I think through more than her inaction because he goes oh so like are you curious what would happen you were curious what Mr. Dimon would do than what I would do so Mm -hmm. it's sort of like you know Hannibal puts some of the blame on Bedelia for sort of setting this all up or at least for not intervening and um Mm -hmm. And it's a little bit analogous to what Hannibal does himself. He plays around because he's curious. And I just, I think part of this, just from like reading the wiki and stuff, it looks like apparently there was an additional scene which was cut in which Bedelia and Dimond actually interact and talk Mm. more about Hannibal. And it makes a little bit more sense of the scene. Mm, how he catches because, on the whole thing? Because, well, no, not just how he catches on, because but but how I think it makes more sense of Hannibal pointing the finger at Bedelia, because right? mm. he, he he's pretty explicit here that she's like, yeah, done I think something. I think with that extra scene, you get Bedelia triggering a chain of events that leads Dimon exactly yeah. through the door that makes Hannibal 
have to take take action, right? I mean, really, it's all semantics, right? Because Dimmons already caught Hannibal in his lie because he attends Dr. Fell's lecture when he already knows who Hannibal is, right? Because and right, yes, and he knows Dr. Fell because he he was like his TA or whatever, so he knows that Hannibal is not Roman Fell, but like he he attends uh, Fell's lecture, which. Hannibal has taken over, right? And that's how he's found out. So, like, it's really all semantics about, like, uh, Bedelia having a hand in this, but, like, that's just part of his psychological manipulation, right? So, um, but, but I, I find that very, very interesting. And I, I wonder why they cut that scene out. Um, I mean, I think you didn't need it. I mean, I, I think I'm kind of glad they did it. It's so, it's mm. so trim. It's so trim without it. I don't know if you've read the scene, like the original script, but it's a little, it's a little too on the nose. I a think. little on the nose. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I'm kind of glad they cut it, but um, it does leave this weird little bit where it seems like Hannibal's a bit too accusatory of Bedelia. Mm. Um, just to just a touch in the beginning of the episode. No, no, no. The first, the first thing he doesn't know because he just thinks that Hannibal is this guy who happens to know Fell. Mm-hmm. He doesn't realize that Hannibal's pretending to be Fell until he shows up to the talk. But then, isn't it Hannibal is the one who invites him? Yes, he does. Absolutely. So how? I, I guess I'm curious about this scene. Like, how is it Bedelia's fault then? <laughs> it's not. It's just what Hannibal says to make it. Well, the part of it that is her fault is her action, right? Yeah, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. it's her lack Doesn't, of action, okay. Right, she's made a decision. She's an accessory to his crimes, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, legally, morally, whatever. She's 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 part of it. She's not just observing. And she knows that this guy is going to die if he hangs around Hannibal and much longer. And uh, she's even surprised that Hannibal doesn't kill him earlier in the episode. And so, like, if she really gave a shit about Dimmon, she could warn him, she could go to the cops, she could do whatever, right? And she doesn't doesn't do any of that. Also, mm-hmm. I feel like Dimond is very uncharacteristic of Hannibal's other victims in that he's not, like, particularly rude or anything. He's, I guess he just knows Hannibal's secret, I guess. Yeah, well, he knows too much. Yeah, he knows too much, and that's why... He's actually sort of, sort he's of nice to go. Hannibal. Yeah, he's, like, he's nice. He's, I mean, he's, 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 trying, he's just, trying to blackmail him, though, right? <laughs> I guess, sense, but rude. he's like, yeah, he's trying to, I guess, extort or blackmail Yeah, yeah, but, he's trying to extort the guy. So, but, mm. I don't know, he's, I don't know, he's kind of like a nice slime ball about it. Like, he's not like, <laughs> like, he could just, he could just go straight to the cops. Yeah. Right? Or to the, the studiolo or whoever, like. He's, I don't know. He's uh, I kind of kind of like that he's an opportunistic sort of uh teabag. <laughs> teabag, yeah. And uh very inelegant way of dispatching him, I guess, too. He domes him in the head with a statue. Um, yeah, what a great shot though. That cut from like him entering the door and the door closing to like yeah. the slow motion of those little blood drops that fly. Yeah. Pretty it's it's pretty great. Similar to the way he killed uh What's his face? Tobias. That's right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Overall, I, I like Jeff. I really enjoyed this episode. It's the second episode that I have a little bit more issue with. But yeah, let's, uh, unless you guys have anything else about this episode, maybe we should. Well, there, the, uh, you forgot the tableau at the end, right? Oh, or, yes. Uh, I'm so sorry. Please, please, please. Because <laughs> that leads us into the next episode. Yes. Please. Yeah. We should wrap this episode up into a little origami heart. This is exactly uh, what, uh, what Hannibal does here. Yeah, so he's taking the train to uh, Italy, right? And, like, you see him on the train. He's folding a little origami heart. Um, and you see that he's done the same thing with uh, the the same thing to Dimon, right? He's dismembered him and he's, like, carved him up into a human heart. Like, explaining it doesn't really do it justice. He's, like, he's turned his, like, meat into a gigantic heart, and he's, like, impaled it on, like, three swords in the in the chapel in Italy, and and he's uh, placed it on display, right? And and next episode, you'll find out exactly who it's for, and 
So, yeah, so he's not going to Italy, right? He's in Italy. He's in Florence, right, going to Palermo. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 that's right. right. Yeah, because he's in Paris to start, then he goes to Italy mm-hmm. and stays within, mm-hmm. within Italy. Italy, that's where his job yeah. is. Right? So yeah. he goes from Florence to Palermo. But yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, because he's already in Italy, right, right, right. Yeah, he's already mm-hmm. in Italy at that point. Mm-hmm. That's clear. Not yeah. that it matters, but whatever. Um, yeah. So, yeah, origami, the, yeah, so this heart, I mean, who else could it be to? Obviously, it's about Will Graham, right? So, mm-hmm. You want to dive, dive, dive in a, dive in a world round? It's kind of sweet. <laughs> it's kind of sweet. It's so nice. It's like, you've, been, you've been watching this show too long, bro. <laughs> I mean, if someone, you know, mutilated a body for me and shaped it like a heart, I'd be very, uh, very touched and, and just, you know, full, full of love, right? <laughs> just, sure. Yeah. It would have been, it would have been, it would have been better if it was like, like one of those cartoon hearts and not like an anatomical heart. That would have been real funny. (laughs) Like when you say, you know, you describing it doesn't do justice. Like I totally understand that because when I first thought, I was like, how does he even do that? Like, how do you even get like a human body to like form into what looks like a human heart? And Mm -hmm. we do see it in this second episode, which I was one of my favorite kind of, scenes or parts of this this episode was the reveal of like it actually unraveling into a human body Mm. Uh, but we're getting ahead of ourselves but yeah so this episode uh titled primavera is is basically we talked last episode about being hannibal's episode this is very much will's episode will and abigail's episode um so the first part of the episode is really just a replay of the finale right we we basically Mm -hmm. get that kind of kitchen scene between abigail hannibal and will uh, not redone, but like we get it again, uh, pretty much in it, in its entirety. And but what gets added at the end, which I don't think I remember seeing in the finale, was that we see the the stag bleeding out, and then it kind of opens up, and all this blood comes rushing out, and it fills the room, almost floods the room with blood. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that definitely was not in the finale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so I thought that was kind of like instead of it just being a straight kind of reuse of that scene. I mean, at least a little bit was added. I, I appreciated, but I don't know. How do you guys feel about this? I, I felt like maybe they took a little bit too much time. Like I didn't need to see the whole scene again, but maybe that's because I just saw it so recently. Yeah, I think I I think it makes a difference in like having a whole summer pass by without seeing it and getting a little recap. I think it's- I think it works. It's um, super. It's a super powerful scene. I kind of don't mind seeing yeah. it again, and yeah. uh, it has obvious reverberations and repercussions uh, throughout the episode. So I think it's kind of okay. Um, that I don't yeah. mind so much. I'm not, I guess, the biggest fan of uh, Inspector Clouseau over here. Who comes up later? Uh, Pazzi. Okay, that's probably that's probably unfair. Pazzi. I'm sure he's. Pazzi. I'm sure he's. I'm sure he's very good at his job. He's sort of the the, the Italian the Italian uh, autistic psychic version of Will Graham. Well, I mean, that's what he says about himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm um, you. I'm like, okay, you can't just say that. You gotta you gotta show it, buddy. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think but, that, I, I actually actually the, the part of him I like the most is just like, hey, like we're both like weirdos together. I, I like I like that part of him, but just like he's a little he's a little bit of a drag. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Um, I, I do know. like the reveal that. It shows that Hannibal is not just working stateside, and he's got a long history of serial killer. He's even got like an Italian moniker, right? Yeah, as <laughs> <knows> Il Monstro. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great one. This is a great one. All these serial killers are bangers, so good. Man. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if you could speak on this, Jeff, but this is a character because I haven't read this book, or he's a character from the Hannibal book, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's correct. Um, so I, I actually didn't know that the first time around watching this, but mm-hmm. then, you know, I kind of looked up into it a little bit more. I was like, oh, it's interesting that, you know, this, I guess this whole season kind of pulls from two different books in a sense. Yeah. A lot of this episode takes place in, and of course the episode reminds us it, it takes place at the, um, Norman chapel in Palermo, right? Uh, mm-hmm. which is actually, I don't know if it's called the Norman chapel, in real life, but I know like there's an actual place called the Capella Palatina, which is basically this chapel that we see mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, like when he pans up and he sees the kind of large Jesus, I think that's taken straight from that chapel. I don't know if the actual skull on the floor is from that real chapel in real life or if it's from a different, cha- like inspir- inspired by a different chapel. 
I was like trying to look it up today, but I couldn't find it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. I mean, like, like you said, like last week we got a lot of like, you know, on location in, in Florence and on location in Paris. And this, I guess, you know, very much still a lot of on location in Italy, which is really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and going back to, uh, El Monstro, um, that's a real serial killer. Did you guys know that? No. Um, yeah, yeah El, Mo- I did. El Monstro di Firenze. It's the, the monster of Florence. Um, so it was like a serial killer who killed like 16 people and they never caught him. So I think like Thomas Harris was playing a little game saying that, oh, this was Hannibal, right? So I think that's, uh, that's pretty funny. A nice little real life detail there. Um, oh, that's really cool. But, yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, should we get into what's going on this episode? This episode is like a roller coaster because I was—I think I was mad about some of these developments, and then I was not mad, and then I was mad again, and then I was—and <laughs> then I was pleasantly surprised. So, like, um, an emotional roller coaster here. Um, so, g- dude, guide us through it. You know, we don't have to stick to the story structure. So I'm actually curious. So what is the ups and downs of your little journey in this episode? <laughs> so I was first really mad when Abigail turned out to be alive. Okay. Right? <laughs> I was like, there's no way this girl lived through having her throat slit like that. Right. And and like, I mean. A second time. <laughs> a second time. A second time. By her time. third dad. By her third dad. By her third dad. Like, she, even though she explains it like, oh, Hannibal knew exactly where to cut us to make it, like, so that we would survive. But, like, come on. That was... Like, if you watch the finale again or, like, the, the scene in this episode again where... <laughs> yeah, she's... So that's like a that's like a geyser of blood. I'm like, there's yeah, no super, way you live through that. That's a super dead amount of and blood. Then I asked the same but, thing about Will, right? Because it's, like, it's streaming out of his gut. So, like... I guess if he's still alive, I can maybe, yeah, maybe believe I'm kind of with Derek. I kind of, alive. <laughs> I kind of just went like, listen, it's a fantasy. It's not a real, like, it's not a real show about real people. If the show says she's alive, fuck it, I'm rolling with it. And I kind of liked it because I wanted to see more of her. I do like Abigail. But, so so that's, I was like, see, I was that's totally, what happened, I was totally, right? I was that's totally what happened with me. Because, like, I was so mad. And then I was like, you know what? I just really like Abigail and I'm glad she's back. So whatever. Here's the other thing about your being mad though. It's like I, the only mad I had was like, okay, but this takes away like all the thematic, like right, the right, power right, right. Mm-hmm. of like Hannibal, you know, killing her as a punishment for will. Right. If she's not actually dead, then, you know, what's the punishment? Yeah, but, um, exactly. I was like, come on. Yeah, um, it's, it's yeah, it's a bit of a cop out, right? And then you're happy because Abigail's alive again. And you just want to see more of her, and then what happened next? Well, it's it's also for me like there's like an emotional weight to that finale, right? Someone, it almost like this is uh, maybe I should. That's not the best way to put it. Like someone needs to die, right? Like there's just so much going they on. They can't all live. Yeah, they can't all live. So like if Abigail didn't die, I'd be like, oh, Jack better be dead then, or else I'm going to be mad at that. <laughs> <laughs> but then to find out, you know, and then we're, what we're about to reveal is that in the middle of this episode, basically, it reveals that Abigail is dead, right? That right. she's um, been in, like, Will's mind the whole time, I guess. So I was happy that Abigail was, like, alive and, like, oh, it's like we get to see more of her. And then and then she disappears, like, Will's imaginary friend. I was like, oh, come on. This is so stupid. Like, <laughs> it's one, another one of those tropes that I just don't like. It's like, oh, all a figment of his imagination. But then they do the gut punch where, like, they show what actually happens in the aftermath of the showdown at Hannibal's. And, man, that is like a gut punch. It's so uh, good. Yeah. It's so good. It's, it's so, so good. disturbing. The, yeah. The, the, um, the two scenes side by side. That's really Yeah, cool. it's awesome. And but just like even what struck me like on this rewatch is the the shot of Will lying on the stretcher watching her be zipped up in the body bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That got me because it's like, oh, he knew all along. Yeah. And he just couldn't deal with it. And that got me. But yeah, the the side by side shots. Of, yeah. uh, of them doing the, like, I guess it's not an autopsy, but, like, preparing her corpse for burial or whatever, yeah. versus the surgery they're doing to try to save Will. That's a crazy set of shots. It's so good. Yeah. I want to say, like, it's, it's like, grotesque. It's, like, really disturbing. I, I get the chills when I watch that. It's, it's, it's really fucked up. Really? Um, 
Maybe because I'm like medicine, like adjacent or whatever. It didn't bug me. <laughs> he has a bug me. Like that shit was just like whatever. Uh, I, I don't know. I just think like there's interesting. there's like this this verisimilitude you see with like the corpse that you don't re- usually see in like TV and movies and stuff. And like I don't know, you don't see dead bodies like that. I feel like it's so like so romanticized in TV and drama. But like that corpse is like so corpse like and like I mean like I'm sure you in the profession you you you're more like attuned to that but like i'm not used to seeing stuff that looks so real right because like they peel her eye open and they put like the cotton yeah, swab dude. in it's like oh jesus the most like visceral kind of parallel for me was the him getting sewn back up and then and then she's her, getting cut apart for like yeah, yeah. Cut apart, yeah. but then also her neck is being sewn back up too it's like yeah yeah, yeah. like it, they're being treated the same way and it's like but one's alive and one's dead and it's 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 very effective in this episode it's like so good yeah but uh what what was interesting for me this episode was watching the first part again like the first half when i know she was dead and like mm. catching all the little clues that they're trying to hint that she's she's dead ooh like what like there's a part where like she even says a line like no one had to die but like you, you're like real. You realize like, wait, why would she say that? Like, no one has died yet. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Uh, there's a part where like I think uh, what's his name, Potsy, keeps mentioning like, oh, we keep seeing you at the church every day. Like you, mm. you. It's not we or not you guys or yeah. He never both. mentions Abigail or anything. Yeah, right. Yeah, no one, mm-hmm. no one talks to her or whatever. Yeah, no one. Um, yeah, like the the detective only wants to see Will, right, and doesn't want to see, doesn't recognize that Abigail's there. So it's like there's all these little clues. One little subtle bit is uh, in the church, the priest like looks directly at her or whatever. That's the one. Yeah, I was about to mention. Like, is he like? Haley Joel Osment, can he see dead? <laughs> like, what is going on? Because like, that was yeah. the one that tripped me up, right? I'm like, I wait, that was, I think that was the implication. I yeah, think that was the right. Because like, that was the one that was like, wait, he is looking directly at Abigail and not at Will. So it's that that tripped me up a little bit, but I, I just thought maybe, yeah, maybe he could see Ghost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, first half of this episode is pretty interesting. Um, I am not as big of a fan as maybe the second half. Uh, when we get into the tombs with Hannibal and and Dead Will, I don't mind that. I, I mean, that's so short. Yeah, that's not but... a half. That is like the last like seven minutes. That's true. Yeah. It's like the last like big. Well, it's I mean, just it's only like a forty minute episode. I I, t- I think I saw the time it was like fifteen minutes left. So it's like close mm. to a half, but not exactly. Yeah, you're not exactly a half, but yeah, um, yeah. math way stretching the math here. <laughs> <laughs> Very yeah. rude. <laughs> yes, yes. So you guys say you don't mind that second part. Like, I mean, what did, what did you guys find that you? I mean, there was some redeeming things I think I found in that that part where, like, you know, they're kind of chasing each other in the tombs and everything. It's pretty creepy. And then, like, Will just saying, like, "I forgive you" is pretty fucked up. Yes, yeah. I do like the fucked upness of that. Mm-hmm. And Hannibal's like, "Nice piece." <laughs> you should just bounce. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but it, it's interesting that. Um, I mean, we find out that the heart, right, is, you know, Will suss out that the heart that is, is left there is, you know, for Will, right? It's, it represents Hannibal's broken heart. You know, once Abigail's gone, it's kind of interesting. Like, once Abigail's gone from the episode, that's where they kind of insert Hannibal. Because then we learn that Hannibal's, like, there watching Will. Mm-hmm. Kind of, like, been there the whole time. Yeah, I mean, I guess that, that part was kind of interesting. I, I do like that. When uh, Will does his thing, right, where he kind of like recreates the the crime scene, I noticed that they don't do the yellow bars thing. Did you guys notice that? Hannibal has outgrown the need for the yellow bars. I <laughs> <You> mean, Will. <laughs> well, I mean the show. I mean, oh, Hannibal the Outgrown the yellow bars. We've outgrown Pricey Zeller. We've outgrown. <laughs> we haven't outgrown Pricey Zeller. It's, it's, it's a very, it's a very different show. Very different yeah. show. Uh-huh. I want to loop back just to Abigail again because I was thinking more about what you were saying about rewatching it with like keeping in mind that she's already dead at some you know fight club mm-hmm. or whatever sixth sense or whatever the hell. It does make you think like okay, so what is this piece of Abigail representing Will's psyche, right? Like what aspect of her personality is it? And I think it the, like it seems like it's pretty clearly got to be the part of his personality which is enthralled to Hannibal still, right? Mm-hmm. Like if the part where like like he goes like. 
he, you know, he says to Abigail, he's like, wait, so you would still go to him even after all that he's done? Right. And that's, you know, yeah. him, he's arguing with himself, right? Like that's yeah. him arguing with, that's him arguing with the part of himself that wanted to run away with Hannibal the Hero. The part that, the part that like the real life Abigail just kind of would just do whatever he told him. Right. Like mm-hmm. he, he's arguing with that part of himself. The part that, the part that forgives Hannibal in this episode, I think. The part that, I don't know, still loves him or is enthralled to him. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah looking back at, at at their interaction now, it, it is him. Ta- it is, it's most definitely just him talking to himself, right? Like Abigail represents the form of Will that wants to go with Hannibal, right? Yeah, the part that's guilty for betraying Hannibal. Mm-hmm. She's like, why did why did you lie to him? I was like, dude, could you have could you have more Stockholm syndrome? I guess you're dead, but you know, if you were alive, <laughs> like, could you be more of a like? More of a thrall, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that, yeah. I mean, it adds more credence to the the end of the episode where he kind of says, like, you know, I I forgive you, right? Mm-hmm. Unless that's just his way of fucking the animal. I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think so. I think that's heartfelt for whatever. For like as, as fucked up as it is. Yeah, I also like how this episode was talking about like mind palaces and stuff. I'm a big fan of shit like that. So. I really like that Will had Abigail in Mind Palace, and I think there's like a deleted scene where Hannibal talks about his, and like it's a it's like an actual mnemonic memory device, right? Where have like a psychic palace where you fill your memories with and like facts and things like that, so you forget them and you place them in different places in the palace, you know. And I really dig like real life psychological terms and stuff like that, so I thought that was interesting. Um, so they use that. Um, they they still use that technique today, actually. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've heard this book. So, like, this is a book, Moonwalking with Einstein, that I read about years ago. I don't even remember reading the book, but it's about like uh, this guy who enters like a, he's like a journalist, I guess, who enters like a memory competitions. Um, he, mm. he like tries to become like a, and I think he does succeed in becoming a world class uh, memnimist or whatever. I don't know whatever you call someone who becomes a fucking, <laughs> you know. Uh, memory pro and he, i think he, he in part uses that technique yeah so it's it is it is like a really useful thing it's not just something like the ancient greeks or made up yeah, 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 romans yeah. made up and no one ever uses um, like it's still used today by people who want to do that kind of stuff i so, think like it's pretty cool also famously like sherlock holmes uses it um oh really yeah, yeah so yeah. i don't remember that fictional fictional smart people use it i guess <laughs> I mean, they use it a lot in like even like you know as recently as like the Guy Ritchie movies and the Sherlock series mm-hmm. on BBC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They use a lot of they, yeah. They all, like when you say Mind Palace, I always uh, instantly always think about Sherlock. Maybe I should try that. I forget shit all the time. <laughs> yeah, man, me I too. too. It's, it's I, super yeah. useful. Actually, <laughs> one of I mean one of the things you can do to improve your memory is like spaced repetition, right? Like that, mm-hmm. the, the idea of like covering information at like the ideal intervals or whatever to stimulate memory and then continually repeating it. Um, yeah. Yeah. You can use like Anki if you want. It's a good little tip there for going out there studying a ton of material. It's the, it's the yeah. That's a cool tip. I think this episode is pretty sparse in terms of plot development. You just catch up with Will and uh, you find out what happened to Abigail and Will forgives Hannibal and not too much else yeah, going on here. And that's, and that's it. Yeah, it's a lot of catch up. Like, the, like yeah. you said, like the first two episodes. Even um, like for, I think if I remember correctly, the first three episodes are a lot of catch up. And it, and, it, and it's, I mean, it, and it's not like I don't like it as much as the first. It's not as pretty. It's not as funny. That first episode's really, really gorgeous. I don't think I went. I yeah, underlined enough how pretty that first episode is. That all the sh- all the shots in um, uh, Florence are great. Um, Julian Anderson looks phenomenal. Uh, fucking uh, yeah. Mads looks great. Like everybody looks awesome. It's uh, like, the costume is gorgeous. Like every everything is just awesome. Like the set, like like that fucking place where he lives at the library. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like he it lives in the Vatican or something. Like every inch is incredible. yeah. The like, sets are crazy. And sculptures and like, dude, it's nuts. So um, yeah, it's just a really pretty episode. This one, this one doesn't really live up to it on that level. Um, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, still a good one. That gut, that gut punch and those those scenes of uh, Abigail and Will being contrast are yeah. I mean, those are all timers. Like maybe it's not a great episode, but those yeah. are all time A yeah. plus scenes from this show. 
I think I have to give a lot of the uh, rug pulls on this in this episode just from that sequence. It's it's something that really sticks with me. I mean, on all, on all time set of scenes from from the show, honestly. Yeah. Actually, speaking of Abigail and Casey Rolls, I mean, I, I spoke about this on last season. Like, I really wished we got more of her. Right, because she disappears pretty early in the second season, and then really she's only brought back this one episode. Mm-hmm. It's it's for me, it's a little bit of a shame. Of listen, bro, you wished for more Bedelia, you got it. So you can't get everything you want. <laughs> so you can't get everything we want. You can't get everything you want. God gives with one hand and takes with the other. For every Bedelia, there's an Abigail. For every there's a, there's a, well, there's a church collapsed. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So. I mean, I think that's what makes it so great, right? Because you want more of her. But uh, she's fucking dead, Derek. She's dead. <laughs> she's gone. She's not coming wow. back. We're going to rub it in. She'll <laughs> always live in my mind palace, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And with that note. All right. Yeah. Well, I think that will conclude this week's episode. Uh, Jeff, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on my blog at strangeharbors.com. And you can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at strangeharbors. What about you guys? Um, you can check out my letterbox, which I swear one day I will update. And what about you, Derek? Uh, you can find me at the wrong Dake, Dake spelled D-A-Y-I-K, and that is for Instagram and Twitter. Uh, but you also can find me on my other podcasts uh, uh, called Geeks in a Pod. Talk a lot of uh, fun geek-related topics like uh, pertaining to movies, television, all that kind of stuff. Uh, last week we did a fun episode on just kind of like the merits of a, a remake. So we discussed that. Uh, but if you liked this podcast the easiest way to support our podcast is to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts whether it be apple Podcasts, spotify or stitcher or any of the other pod- popular podcast apps if you are listening to us on apple podcasts please do us a favor and give us a great star rating it really helps to get our podcast out to more people yeah and if you guys have any questions comments suggestions feel free to shoot us an email at jeff at strangeharbors.com we like getting a uh, fan mail and we even re- read them out on the air sometimes so um we will be back next week with episodes three and four so until then we'll see you guys next week see you next week everybody see you guys then